0: Welcome to another episode of failing to success. I'm your host Chad Kalecki with cosmic design today on the show, we have Reagan Wynn, his company is called Wynn marketing and it's a consultancy where he comes in and he's your fractional CMO. So Reagan, thanks for being on the show and what got you into this.
1: So I've been doing that marketing consulting project management, even just The team management, event management, all the way back to the early days of my career. I I started as a, had started my own business as a film production, video production for corporate media, as well as trade show production and event production. And had a lot of bigger clients. Ended up becoming a preferred vendor for a lot of different agencies, especially on corporate communications projects. Ended up doing some really cool stuff. And it's funny that you know you talk about failing to succeed. Basically, the great the Great Recession hit in two thousand eight, and knocked the wind out of my business. You know, I, Overnight, I lost two thirds of my clients and budgets just got slashed. So I moved in-house and I started doing in-house roles and basically shuttered the door on being an entrepreneur. Did that for about 12 years, worked from in-house as an agency producer, a creative manager. Then went in-house in the early 2010s at my first startup as employee number 18 as a marketing manager, but continued to do side projects, side hustle. We we didn't really call it that back then (laughs) and kept my fingers in helping startups and work on investor decks, pitch decks, go to market strategy, even like sales enablement, but never really said, you know, I'm going to go back and do this full time. Fast forward about 10 years, worked my way up to head of marketing at two different companies in LA, as well as senior leadership and other, and to other startups and uh, layoffs last summer that hit all of the other tech companies kind of knocked the wind out of my sales on the in-house side. But uh, having led a team at my last company, uh, I was a, a bit ready, you know, to, to start my own business because I... Um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. You know, when, when all the layoffs started happening, I knew it was probably going to hit us at, at some point in the near future as well. So I, I had already started reaching out to some of the people I had advised and said, hey, do you need to, any additional help or something a little bit more long-term? Landed my first client within a month after leaving, after those layoffs, and landed my second one a month later, and I said, well, now, you know what, maybe it's time I go back to doing this full-time again. And, and that's been now seven months of the business being my sole focus. So we continue to grow, taking it from like a part-time side hustle to my my full-time gig.
0: Are you glad you made that shift back to entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah, you know, I had certain advantages. Like I said, I knew the writing on the, on the wall was coming. So I had socked away a little bit of extra cash as well as put that severance to good use. And that really kind of gave me enough runway to say, I'm just going to focus on this business. You know, talk to, had to talk to my my business partner, which is really my wife. And, you know, she can carry a lot of the, the weight of... Um, some of the things that a lot of people need from a full-time job. Health insurance is a big one, right? She's a school teacher and school teachers are notoriously underpaid, but their health insurance policies are really, really great, better than any company I've ever worked for. So that really gave me the flexibility to say, hey, if I can bring in X amount of dollars within my first you know, three to six months, we can really make a run of this. And it just, it, it's, the wheel started turning. A lot of that was having laid the groundwork. It was not an overnight success or anything like that. I had worked with a lot of companies in the past that gave me enough of a, of a, of a, business model and connections to kind of get that going. So yes, having that sort of a support system and that, that framework already in place helped turn the, turn the ignition a little faster than say other people who might just be starting from scratch.
0: How did that first call go when you were trying to get your client? You know, I it was it was a
1: little bit easier cuz it was someone directly in my network but the second full time client was a, was a referral someone i knew who i did not know them and that call worked worked great it was very specific my experience at one of my previous companies was very specific to what they were looking to solve and so uh, it just seemed like a really good fit you know the companies i work with can't really afford to hire someone full time but they want that expertise you know it's easy to find someone tactical who could execute a lot of things but a lot of times they have to come back and ask the founder or the CEO, hey, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? Or should I do this? Or should I do that? What I find with my clients now, and there's a good four or five of them in the mix in varying degrees, I, I have different, uh, different ways I work with my clients, they're looking for strategy. They're looking for someone to just bounce their ideas off or make sure they're making the right calls or maybe even just a little bit of, of reassurance that the money they're about to spend makes sense. And so, especially during the last year where people are dealing with recession fears and layoffs and funding drying up, they're not looking to take on headcount, but they are looking to take on expertise. And so I really find that what I'm offering is filling that gap to, to give them some of that, that they can scale up or down, depending on do they want to go full bore with marketing or do they want to dip their toes into it a little bit and just try to help bolster their sales teams and then get it rolling as they get either product market fit or figure out a channel that's working and they can really like leverage down on it. So, so that seems to be the thing that is really resonating with the client.
0: So when you're coming in with this current recessionary environment, what kind of strategy or adopted strategy are you implementing or advising?
1: So, you know, the first part is in the offer, right? Which is don't hire full-time if you don't have to.
0: That really helps with
1: making it a a, a cost that can can be moved in in varying degrees e- either way. The second thing is, you know bring in what you need when you need it so we can outsource design we can outsource uh, copywriting we can outsource video production and scale up or scale down and then what it really also helps us do is figure out where do we want to spend the money but also how can we get the most out of every dollar that we spend so that that's another part of it too is really developing a plan so it's not just you know an experiment here an experiment there but there's a way to say hey we wanna try a bunch of different things. How can we do one big piece that then filters down to all of these other like little activities that we wanna try until we get dialed in, right? And then then you just put, then you can make the case to put them Money where uh, where the successes are happening, or where you're seeing the most leads coming in, or whatever the metric ends up being for for my clients. And different clients have different uh, different goals, so that's that flexibility is also something that I can bring. Is that not there is no one size fits all for every for every client. So I think uh, with recessionary fears, being able to control budget, being able to adapt, and being able to take a more bespoke approach versus one size fits all helps them kind of vape those choppy waters.
0: Okay, that's good to know. So where do you want this business to go for you over the next few years?
1: So my goals might be a little different than other entrepreneurs who are all growth, growth, growth. I wanted time and I wanted to not put all my eggs into one basket. And what I mean by that, I'll unpack the first one first. I wanted my time to be my own. I had spent a lot of time pre-pandemic in LA traffic, you know, going to and from an office. Being home during the pandemic made me realize that I did not want to do that nine to five anymore. I like picking up my kids at three o'clock from school, getting them home, getting them set up on their homework and with a snack and then going back to work. Like I like having that experience because I, I remember the first startup I was at, my son swallowed a penny and was in the hospital overnight and went into surgery to get it pulled out because it, it got stuck in his esophagus. And so they had to use a, a scope to pull it out. He came out and I saw him. And I gave him a kiss in the cheek when he woke up. And then I went to work and had to do something that was had to be done for our, our seasonal before the end of the season or the end of the year. That's a that's a that's the wrong priorities to have in life. And and I and I realized that very quickly after that. And the pandemic just solidified it. So I wanted time. It wasn't about money for me, it was being able to have time to do the things that I wanted to do and work with the clients that I wanted to work with, which is sort of the segue to the second thing, which is not putting all my eggs in one basket. I over the last 10 years, I've worked for uh, in-house for a variety of of CEOs and boards and leadership teams. And you're betting on one when you go and do that. You're betting on one company that will maybe make it, maybe not, might go public, might not. (laughs) You buy your options. And at the end of the day, you're not well employed. So we're all sort of entrepreneurs in that respect. If they need to lay people off, they they can, right? There are things out there like the Warren Act that can stop a certain amount of layoffs and stuff. But really, like what you're saying is I'm going to be a contractor for you, an at-will contract employee versus me, which is now being a contract employee for three or four companies at once, right? And so that's how I sort of looked at it was like, well, now I can bet on me instead of other companies, and I can pick the companies I want to work with. And I do it in such a way with long-term contracts that I have, that none are all eggs in one basket. And so to me, that feels less risky and gives me more freedom and more flexibility.
0: True wealth is the freedom of your time, isn't it?
1: You can always buy more cars or go on bigger vacations. But what I have found is the time I spend with my family and having the nice car versus the really nice car, the returns on the money aren't as great as the time is. And, you know, I'm a little bit older, I'm 20 years into my career and I still think I got another 20 left in front of me, but that time is the thing that you just don't get back. And and so that really is the, the driving force for, for the work I do and how I want to be able to work.
0: Yeah. It's a good reason to get into business. So especially for yourself. Ra- yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Reagan, if our listeners wanted to reach out to you personally or for your services, how would they do so?
1: So you can reach out to me at win.marketing. There's a great little contact form on there. I can also ask questions through the site, or you can email me directly at Reagan at win.marketing. I'm happy to talk to new clients or potentially potential new clients. Great problem to have is that I'm kind of max at this point. So I really can only take on one more if I, if I, depending on how we structure it, my business model is kind of, kind of set, which is. I'll do a strategy session with new clients where we we sit down for, you know, one to two days depending on how many mar- how much marketing they've done in the past, review what they've done, figure out what's working, where they want to go next, set that plan, let them run wild, check back in in 6 months and see how it's going. But they have to execute the plans given to them. It's on them to to take the suggestions and run. Option 2 is is an advisory, so that's, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 to 5 hours a week where I work with clients to guide them on that on a strategy but they're still the ones executing but a lot of times it's just bouncing ideas or making sure stuff's ready for the board or thinking about things in a way that maybe they haven't thought about. And that's how I work with about half of my clients currently. And then the the third one is the one that's sort of the real fractional head of marketing or fractional CMO. I hate to say fractional CMO just because I work with startups. And so a lot of times it's more of a v, VP or, or head of marketing role, but fractional CMO just rolls off the tongue better than fractional marketing leader or FML, right? Like it just doesn't have the same, the same. The acronym is a little more complicated if you spell it, call it FML. And so that one's typically a minimum of 10 hours a week. And I'm working as your head of marketing, running budget management, vendor management, all of that, so that your CEO or your founder doesn't have to. So yeah, if people want to talk to me about any of those three models, they can reach out to me through the website or, or email me directly or connect with me on LinkedIn and happy to talk through whatever challenges they're having and how we can figure out how to solve them.
0: Well, thank you, Reagan, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.